Hello, this is Carrie Pike, creator of Carrie Bears, and you are listening to Something to Hold On To, episode number 79, Born to the Air, with Scott and Jen Wetman. Hello, I have Jen and Scott Wetman with me today, and um, I met you, I met you first, and I met your friend first, I mean, I know Carrie, but... um. I, I'm just grateful to have you on my path. I'll get all emotional already. Thanks for the tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find so much joy and connection and I think that's why we're here. And their dear son, Brayden died how many years? Within three, three years ago. And Jen, His birthday's next Saturday. On the 17th, right? Mm-hmm. I saw that in there. And so like, we're going we're down to his favorite place and... Spending the weekend. Where's his favorite place? Tory. So, Capital Reef area. That's, yep. But that's my uncle's ranch. I noticed that. I was like, wow, that is so cool. Um, What will you do there? Just hang out. He's got, like, casitas. It's a a very upscale, high-end, like, dude ranch type of a thing. Yeah. I would say a dude ranch. It's like a high-end resort. um, Resort where you can go and so he's had movie stars stay there he's wow. had Eminem like, ran it out or not Eminem what's oh, his name what's his name the weird hair Justin Bieber <laughs> Justin oh. Bieber ran it the whole <laughs> thing out yeah so this they is have, like music festivals there yeah it's a, it's a big deal down there and he's brought a lot of tourist stuff to that little town and supply wow. and work work for work people. for the people yeah so is this so? Did Brayden go there a lot before this was a resort, or just? Um, it was in the a, process. Yeah. So yeah. This is in his it was his grandpa's. It was his grandpa's younger brother, and so um, he would he would go down with him, and <coughs> Brayden was the type that um, he really enjoyed when he was down there, but he always felt um, like he was like he had to do something because he felt like he was taking advantage of him. So when, we, when we'd when we go down, I'd, I'd either take a load of hay, because he's got longhorns down there, so I'd take a load of hay down to feed the cows, and Braden would always have at least one night where he would make this extravagant uh, uh, dinner that was just, he was he a great was, cook. He was an amazing cook. And it was about, it was about, it was about wanting to be welcome, mm. not, where the rest of the family, like they would go down and, and it was expected that you just pay for everything, you give us everything and they would destroy destroy things, especially like there's four wheelers, UTVs, stuff like that. Mm. And they would just bring them back and it's like, oh yeah, this thing broke. Or I crashed it, sorry. Or crashed it, most of the time it was crashed, it rolled it over and so, sorry. And it'd be like, twelve hundred, twenty five hundred dollars wow. and, and so Braden was very, very adamant about not abusing the privilege and then always always making it so they wanted us to come back, not that we were an imposition. And so we would work when we were there. Just whatever he wanted we go we'd go do whatever he, whatever he needed didn't matter, we'd just go do it. So. It seems like he just wanted to give back. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, from what we've talked about even before we started this, but just that he always wanted 
to leave it better or give it give something back or and look at him he he was a chef as well I mean like he would cook he was he was wow a huge perfectionist huge and if it it was all in or nothing it has to be correct or I'm not even gonna bother with it and so, I'm a polar opposite. You're yeah. like, well, I'm make just it get work. it done. I don't we'll care. Just it get out. it done. I'm afraid. Like, <laughs> so where does he get that? Me. Okay. Yeah. You're the perfectionist. Yeah. So, so many things he did. So he was a musician, mm-hmm. also, right? And self-taught guitar, or self-taught and trumpet. Trumpet he did in junior high, and yeah. the band teachers made one comment, and he was like. Done. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I don't have to deal with this. So got rid of that. And then yeah. he taught himself how to play the guitar. Wow. And just was inspired by ACDC. Yeah. Angus Young. She played guitarist. it on headphones when she was pregnant with him. Put the headphones <laughs> on her. I played so classic rock. So she played rock. classic rock and classical yeah. music. There, I feel like there is something to that. <laughs> I mean, you know. He, he liked the... The classic rock when I would play that and then I'd have to have it well rounded so I'd play classical music also. There you go. And then he'd be just like But he was chill. chill. I mean there was music that he that he liked, but what he was more interested in was not the fad or the pop. It was like musicianship. Like they had mm. to be very good at their craft mm. and and it had to be pure. Like whatever they're recording had to sound the same live because yeah. if yeah now they got auto tune and, and everybody yeah. can just just do whatever yeah and the auto tune cleans everything up and mm-hmm. and it's he was against that he liked he learned to like different things like jazz and he just liked music period and he and it was musicianship that he liked more than anything else that had to be except for I don't know that he ever got into country that was he did his thing with country was they didn't have a lot of the overlay. Oh. It was the country musician. It's from the heart, and it's it's just this a is my voice. Yeah, this yeah. is how I play, and I'm playing my own guitar, yeah. Or yeah. whatever. Right. Um. But he, his biggest thing was classic rock. Yeah. Tell me, Jen, a little bit about his childhood. Like, what did he? What was he like? Um. You can join in. I just thought I'd direct it to you. He just um. Was he active? Did he do sports? Did he? He tried sports. Yeah. But um, he did not he did like or excel at team sports. And a lot of that was he was born with a birthmark. Oh. And so he got he, he got, got teased, teased a lot. And it was it was really bad. And one kid one kid would just constantly torment him and then, then he he's and Brain would just take it and take it and then he goes and besides your mom's fat and he went and just no. laid that kid out they had to Punched take him, him to the, the hospital and and well, surgery no he didn't yeah they took him to the hospital and said they had to straighten his nose out and operate on it because he broke his nose it's wow. elementary school yeah. so back but then still. i worked night shift oh and so the school called me and woke me up so i was like <laughs> yeah upset about it but then they the principal said well, I think it's kind of awesome that he was standing up for, for his you. mom. Yeah. But I have to call you because he did hurt the child and caused a bloody nose. Yeah. And and this is what 
led up to the punching him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. All right. I'll discipline him. What do we need to do? Yeah. I didn't. On your way home, if you stopped it and disciplined him with some ice cream, I think that would be fine. Do you know? Yeah. Cute kid. But but I love these. When he did stick up for himself, (laughs) they still they still talked about him Mm. just behind his back, Mm. and um, so they would. He just he just he just um, it was like they'd say something to his face, then they talk behind his back, and and that kind of generated his whole. That was part of his whole. Yeah. The shell, but um, that barrier, like he had a. But no facade. Like if you don't, if you're talking crap about me, don't talk to me at all. Just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. He had no use for. He put up a boundary. Yeah. Which is really healthy that he could do that, and also awful that they were doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. So I did take him in to have the laser to help him out, so it lightened out, lightened up a lot. But then he got to a point where it was like, I don't care. I'm. This hurts too much, so oh, I'm done. Yeah. So, but it lightened it up quite a bit. Yeah. For, so one of the things is like if you can't, so he grew his hair out long, mm-hmm. and and part of that was you know part of it was the music, but but part of it was if you can't get past this like like the birthmark, the hair, I have you, then I don't even have to bother with you. So it was a. It was like you have to work hard to earn my respect and friendship, and if you can't get past this, then then just go away. I, I can't. Yeah. So. Wow, it, did he? Um, you were telling me that he wanted to learn to be a pilot or whatever at fourteen. Yeah. So with the flying um, helicopters, he Scott was doing a job out at Upper Limit. At a the millionaire. Airport. Oh, millionaire. An upper limit, which is the helicopter school, is right next. So they came over and talked to me, and they said, "Hey, we bought this hangar. We was wondering if you would be willing to help us." So I went down and looked at it, and um, and says, "Yeah, I can, I can help you out." And I go, "How old does a person have to be to to fly?" And they said, "Well, there's no real restriction." I go, "14," and they're like, "Yeah, just just only restriction is as long as." They're not over 200 pounds. So they says, you couldn't. The R44, but not the R22. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay. And they're like, what are you getting at? And so I called Jenny and told her, like, get Braden and bring him down because we have these hours. And so she got Braden and brought him down. And, you know, we're out there taking pictures. And, and they do this basic course. And once he got up in the air... He was a natural mm-hmm. and he flew like they Amazing. can't they can't land and take off because of the regulations yeah. but once they got up in the air he and so I would I worked and traded all, so so it was I was using our company's equipment so my time that I was working I took out an hours for Braden with the company's equipment and and the use of that then the then the hours for them I just like if people in the company wanted to go for a test flight or or just do something then I gave that to them but all of my time that I invested went to him and so 
so yeah and he just he was a natural and he was like I am not a good flyer and um mm-hmm. and yet he was like born to the air it was it was just really Loved weird up. born yes, to the okay. air mm-hmm. so at 14 he started that and he pursued that what how did that lead into where he went like so my family is big military my dad his whole life was military my brother served and he knew because flight school is six figures it's a lot and so he knew that if you know if I join the military they'll pay I'll get the GI bill and then I could learn how to fly in the military and then it'll also pay for fixed wing school so he that was his goal so at 16 when he decided I'm going to join the military so I can do this when I'm a man yeah he um that's when he started to grow his hair out yeah and did not cut it comb it nothing (laughs) he didn't comb it either no like he washed it but he wouldn't like comb through it so then he had a little like he looked scary but it, he, it was that. Did he have curl in it at all? Or just, a little bit yeah. of curl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I thought he looked awesome. Really great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> other people that didn't know him were, were like, like, oh, whoa, I'll stay out of your so way. Scary. <laughs> yeah. Plus, he was so tall. Right. That's Six really foot big. four, you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. That's really tall. Yeah. I'm really short, though. His, his was, um, I didn't know this until Jenny had told me later, but his his thing that he really wanted was to go into the military barber with the big oh yeah we're gonna love doing that you know and then that was it was a big big deal to him and I didn't I was just stupid and didn't understand it and I'm like you need to get your hair cut before you know and he's just looking at me like (laughs) you know like and then Jenny Jenny's like leave me alone just let it go and it's like your your grandpa's representing you and and you need to do it out of respect for your grandpa and, and yet his grandpa never said never there was no conditions really, or anything. They had a really tight bond. They were very, very, very close. Your dad. My dad. So and then when I understood I was like but I went down and I would go down and visit him twice a year and um I, he he had there was a big concrete bench this is while he's stationed at Fort Hood. Fort Hood in Texas. Okay. And one day he just picked it up and turned it over. What? And he, and he got he got in a lot of trouble for it. But he um, lost a, he lost a not a rank but a rank whatever military an advancement. Well, so he he had to go to anger management. What was he upset about? He was intoxicated when okay. he did it. Yeah. So whatever. He just wasn't in his right place. He he was big on following rules, mm-hmm. and the military was. That's yeah, the that's thing. their deal. But there was, but there was a whole. It was during the Obama era, and there's this whole thing of downsizing. Like they spent, but like their first six months, because they went. I can't remember the term that they used, but um, they weeded. He's, a, he's an aircraft mechanic. He's a helicopter mechanic. But there was no no funds to go buy parts. So they had all of this aircraft lined up that needed repairs. And they you know, had like for, weeding. 
for every lines. hour of float of flight time, there's like three to six or even more, depending on the aircraft, of maintenance needs to be done. But there was no money for maintenance, no money for parts, and they were weeding rocks. And they were painting rocks and they were like turning rocks over, you know, type thing. And, and he got, there was, there was things that happened in the military that just, like he was, he went going in, he was really gung-ho. He, he wanted to be a pilot. He wanted to be in special forces. And it just, there was, there was. You know, like there was politics of yeah, the politics military. Of the military yeah, that were horrible. turned him off, and he hated the military. Really, hated it. So, how long was he in? Six, Six years. years. Six years. Wow. He he. I go, what's it like? And he goes, there's days you just go insane because there's nothing to do, and there's there's a lot of things that they're doing just to do, but it makes there's no, no rhyme or reason behind. It. Like he needed. He didn't know the why and have purpose. But then he goes, there's days that we do things that are unlike anything because you've never experienced it. And the majority of people, like like 99% of people would never have an opportunity to do it. And I'm doing it and it's the coolest thing ever. So. Wow. Um, did he, so he was in Fort Hood in Texas. And was he there most, most of the six years or? So he did basic training in Georgia at Fort Benning. Okay. So we went to that, and then he got transferred to Fort Hood. He used us first to do the secondary Fort, training. He called it Fort Useless. Oh. It was so bad. <laughs> it was in Jersey, <laughs> Virginia, Virginia. Wow. And then sent to Fort Hood, and then the last year and a half, Last year and a half, he was in Korea. Oh, right. Okay, what took him to Korea? Like, he got transferred. Um, just transferred. Yeah. He, I don't know if he asked for it, but he, while he was at Fort Hood, he was put on notice for deployment multiple times. Oh. And we were a wreck. I bet. I but you get imagine. you get all hyped up and and the night before one time it was the night before and they're going through because his last name was W yeah they got to the T's and then it's like oh we're out of seat so that's it you guys are staying the rest of you are going and we so we went down go. there and had Christmas the first week of December wow so that we'd have Christmas with him because he was going to deploy like 10 like, days later right, or something yeah, like that yeah right before Christmas and he was all go. hyped up and then no. Bam. Nope. Not today. Did that happen? Did that happen a couple times? Yeah. One of the times he was pulled from it because of the his, bench. Yeah. The bench. Yeah. And the alcohol and anger management stuff. Yeah. So that was like, good. Good. Good job, but not really. But I, yeah. I went down and, and um, he, he, he had set records down there for rock marches. Like no one could, no one could hike like him, and so we're walking, and I'm like almost running, but I'm I'm kind of behind because he's walking normal, and I'm like, yes, screw it, you know, I'm just gonna walk can't normal. I can't you. keep up, <laughs> and I so I would watch, and and people are across the whole sidewalk, and they see Braden, and they all 
go into single file and move they out moved of his out way. Of and his he way. doesn't move. He's just. And, and he's probably not even realizing. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. And he's so, just like, yeah, move. But I'm just, I'm now. just watching all this stuff, and I go, "What is going on?" And he goes, "What do you mean?" And I go, "I just sat behind you and watched people just part." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, they named that bench Braden's bench, oh. so everybody knows." <laughs> and he was very quiet, <laughs> but very very intimidating and quite people are intimidating and then when he launches this bench he was not violent I don't I don't know if he ever other than that one kid I don't know that he ever got in a fight with anybody um yeah he would do he was always watching taking things in Mm -hmm. did not like people that bullied other people didn't like people that you know want all the accolades of everything or notice me so he was always in the background always watching and if somebody like lied or broke a rule in high school um, in class he was strangled by another student and I didn't know about it until he told me and so I called the school and they wouldn't meet with me principal would not meet with me so I talked to the vice principal over the phone about it and it's like my this son's supposed big. to be safe yeah in school and this happened during class I don't know where the teacher was but I'm not okay with this you know it needs to be remedied right away and I don't know what happened but Bray just was like I'm sure it was a look that he gave the kid or just said a little comment that was like, dude, you're not all that, or yeah, just whatever to put him back in his place. Yeah, and it would be usually under his breath mm-hmm. that he would just make a little comment, and I guess the kid just went crazy and launched at him and was strangled. Brayden and Kelly hit um, like ninth, tenth grade. Was he, he was just heavy. had this massive growth spurt, and he he was yeah. a kind of short, chubby kid. And then it was like they just stretched his body out. <laughs> and, wow. and he was he wasn't skinny skinny, but there's not fat. Yeah, he was tall. And tall. Yeah, really and big, big guy. Very intimidating. But yeah, he Braden was quiet, kept himself. Yeah. And he had just a very select few that he would let in his inner circle. And just everything else was very quiet. How how was he with his sisters? Like how what was the dynamic there? So they Brayden and Sydney are four years apart. Okay. And he He's older. He's older. Yeah. Is he your oldest? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um he always thought that she was the favorite one and she always uh. thought that he was the favorite one, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And he would protect her when they were little elementary school but he didn't agree with her choices when so he was out of high school by the time she was end of junior high high school and her friends weren't the greatest and she was always easily persuaded to follow follow. she had her own own things going on and so a few 
few times he would call me and say, hey, did you know that Sydney's walking with her dumb friends down the, you know, in, in Kaysville, that's where we yeah. lived. She's, isn't she supposed to be in school? And like, oh, good to know, thank you. Then I would ask her and yeah, she would know, oh no, I wasn't doing that. And I'd always give her a chance to yeah. tell me the truth. And I'd say, are you sure that's your answer? Yeah, I was. I wasn't there. Oh. And and I'd say, okay, we're gonna talk when you get home. Yeah. And then I give her one more try right. to tell me the truth. It's like, hey, no, I I know you're walking here during school, and you lied to me three times, so now you're grounded. Now there's a whatever. consequence. Yeah. She's yeah. like, how do you always find out everything? <laughs> like, because I'm your mom. I yeah. just know. Yeah. And. Anyway, it was, I had Braden out there. He was a rule follower. Yeah, and he seems like he wanted to make sure that, hey, mom, do you know that this is going on? And because right. Sydney would always lie. Yeah. Just like her father. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. He, um, and then in, he got, he went away to the military and she was still in school. He just did not like her choices, her friends, how she treated me, and he just did not want to deal with her, because I would ask him, just go talk to your sister, please. Yeah. She totally looks up to you. The two of them. Yeah. You're just, like, her idol, and you like, no, not wasting my time. Yeah. Like, just go talk to her. So did they ever, like together a little bit before Never. he passed away. Yeah. And that's been a real struggle for Sydney. Yeah. Because it was very unresolved and, yeah. and it's been like Sydney Braden Braden loved you. He watched out for you, but he also loved his mom and what you were doing to his mom was where the contention came from because yeah. he couldn't stand watching how what you were doing what you were saying all your actions was affecting his mom yeah and that was that was the real thing what what has helped her the most do you feel like getting rid of the boys getting yeah. a dog yeah. that, that she just the dog has replaced these I have in my phone dumbasses I, there's three or four of them in my phone, you know, and it's like yeah. just getting rid of the dumbasses and, and being being more independent and worry about yourself, take care of yourself right. instead of letting people manipulate you and and you know, she's always she's always been one where um, I just wanna help people. That was a defense mechanism for eating disorder stuff. And um, she had a lot of issues with um, self-image, and I think a lot of us she, do. She didn't. We she really didn't, didn't like herself at all, and yeah. so she would she would be more attracted to people that um, it, it, and it wasn't necessarily attraction. She she needed to help people. She gravitated to those. Yeah. So yeah. she was an enabler, but she, she would, wanted to save them. Yeah. She wanted to save them because that was the only validation she could get in having any purpose in her life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was a, it. And for us, it was like 
because we're very giving people and and it's like look at Cindy she always thinks about the other person well those that's a warning sign that we you don't and, we, and we promoted it it's like oh wow yeah. Sydney's always sacrificed she's always helping out the other person but I always call these guys like dogs in heat you know and they can they can smell someone that they can freaking manipulate Take and they yeah. right now I always call them bucket of crabs that they don't <laughs> rise up to your your level they're always dragging you down to theirs yeah how has she how has she found peace that we did you had over her. there. I held the picture up with her there in picture. And she, you know, after he was gone, she just was like, it was so dumb, Mom. I can't believe I did those things and missed out going to see him there. Yeah. And she said after, like, <coughs> at the funeral, just people talking about him and just listening to other people come up to say things what they knew Brayden of as in the military they um she just said I didn't even know my brother because they were four years apart and he was gone by the time yeah, she was yeah. older wow um, so she is she really struggles with that yeah and it's hard I think even just recognizing though I mean we are all when we're teenagers whatever we all do dumb things <laughs> And I think just recognizing that she, you know, maybe going back, she would have chosen something different, but she didn't. So you kind of yeah. go forward. Yeah. She's, she's worked really hard on herself. Yeah. And she's found, you know, a career that she absolutely loves. And, Good. you know, both of, both of our kids are very artistic, very self-motivated. Mm. Yeah. You know, perfectionists and... She just has, she's still working through things, but finding peace with, with it. their relationship, you know, she's, she does yeah. not have that, and it's hard. 
what helps you the most? So for, or, go ahead. For me, like this is his. Yeah, his sweatshirt. So I. You wear his clothes. Oh, he wears clothes, and then I always so. And you have his dog tag. Always have his dog tag. Um. Then my siblings and Scott built the memorial down mm-hmm. in the corner of our farm. And I can see that from our deck. And then I spend time down there anyway. But I just, I'm always talking to him. I'm always, like, for me, he's always, I feel him around me. You do? So I'm, I don't know. I love that you do. Bruce, oh, and we talk about him and. Yeah. And you were saying, Scott, that dreams are the one. The connection with him for you? I think so. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sure that, um, like she said, that he's here and he's around you because there's things that happen that, that are like, wow, how did that, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I have, I have stuff in my truck <laughs> and my front, you know, up on the dash that he had in his truck up on the dash. Mm. So I took those out, put them in my truck. I have a ice cup that was his and I <laughs> I you know just like I use it we don't not use them to his stuff but yeah. we use it but we are very conscientious of not losing them or breaking them um I mean you have this room I just this. I just had a tour of this beautiful room <laughs> it's amazing all of his furniture mm-hmm. or the furniture that was in his home his place mm-hmm. and, and his guitars his art his love of music love of film um well he loved vinyl records yeah he got a record player in there that <laughs> was hooked up to his speakers and the speakers that he made yep i think that's so incredible and i was cleaning up the shed last week and found uh the deodorant that he wore and then i smelled <laughs> and it brought the smell broad back and so I ordered oh. I thought I was ordering two sets of three and it was two sets of 800 12 no, so I got four <laughs> thoughts of them but you'll never run out smell is a smell is a very distinct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reminder yes. and so you know I'm about ready to give all because I have another box of the other deodorant I'm gonna just maybe give it away or whatever and just because the smell is just a reminder um mm-hmm. we have when you when you see other people and they're mourning so we have friends that um you know they were mourning and and you're just like you know it'd be easier to get over this if you didn't have these constant reminders of mm-hmm. them and and I would look at that and I'm just like they say that to you. You're no, I would say that oh, to that them to and I wouldn't say it to them, but I I would I came Thinking. home and I would tell Jenny it's like they've got these shrines everywhere and and um, this is before Braden died. Yeah, yeah. And I go, they're never gonna get over this. They're never gonna mm. they're never gonna forget how horrible it is if if there's a constant reminder all the time, but. We're worse than they are. <laughs> you know what? You never want to get over it, right? What's I mean, your biggest fear? Right? That you might one day not, not think him. about him. Right. And the yeah. guilt would be... The yeah. thought of thinking you might do that, the guilt's incredible. The guilt already is incredible. Mm-hmm. 
it'll never go away. We blame ourselves. We blame either something that we did caused this, something that we didn't do caused this, not being there to help him. You not know, knowing, not knowing. Not everything, not knowing. we blame ourselves for everything. The one thing that I, I can tell you that is the most amazing thing is that um, we've never blamed each other. Oh, no. and that we have is not huge. Blamed him. We don't blame him. We don't blame each other. We don't blame Sid. We don't blame anyone. Anyone. And we have no... Hurting so bad. No, we don't... We don't even question, like, why would you do this or or um, anything like that. We, we understand where he was at and we understand that his actions, you know, um, there was his, his last act was to go down to my friend that had lost his daughter and and he's our insurance agent and he went down and he made his final payment on a life insurance that each one of us were they didn't know about we had no idea and when he turned it in he said okay so i'm clear and free and chad goes well what are you talking about and he goes so this last payment, I've got my two years, right? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, so so if I die under any circumstances, my mom and dad are going to get this money. They're going to be taken care of. And then he, he did it that night. After <laughs> that was his last act was oh. to take care of us. And as far as spending his money, it was, it felt like blood money. Mm. We didn't want anything to do with it. And then I had a I had a friend that had lost his wife, and I was talking to him about it, and he goes, "It's not blood money, it's love money." So, how are you respecting his memory if you don't accept his gift to you? This is absolute love money, and so we we sat down and and we used some of it to build this, mm-hmm. and the rest of it, what would Braden want us to do? And I I think that he would want us to be secure and and the best security you can have is is to get rid of a house payment right and so we dumped everything else in it allowed us to into the house it allowed us to refinance and get a better interest rate and to go from a 30-year mortgage down to a 15-year mortgage and and we felt that that was something that he like he would be very upset if we would have went out and bought new cars and then oh, yeah. and then in oh. in five years the car's gone right. and what yeah. do you have to show for it but something that would give and in securing the house it also secured that grandma could also be here and we could help take care of her and give because he was he was very very close to his grandpa but he was very close to her and and like he would listen we she would make dinners and and he'd come down and she would he would listen to what she was talking about and he did the same thing when he'd go visit him up when grandpa was alive and they would just make these comments and then the next day it's like oh you know there's a leak on on our roof and they'd hear something then they'd go outside and brain was up on the roof because he was he was, he was afraid that my 
that Jenny's mm-hmm. dad would, get on would try to get up there and fix it, and he would fall off and die. And so Grandma would mention that, oh, I, if I just had this, and she'd get up, she'd hear a noise, and we didn't have the pool then, but he could back his truck right up here. And he'd unload all of her stuff. All of her furniture and her things. And Aww. and just Bringing her stuff take from care of their that house. stuff. When, when they were living up there and it snowed and he was around, he'd go out and, and he'd stop by and um, do the driveway. Mm. And just very in tune to... to and they, they offered... They didn't offer, they tried to pay him. And he told them, he goes... Do you like what I'm doing? And they says, "Yes, we really appreciate." It. And he goes, "If you want that to continue, don't ever offer to pay me again, or I won't come back." He goes, "This is a gift I'm giving you because of all the things that you gave me." And it wasn't, it wasn't money. It wasn't. It was just just memories of like yeah, lots of vacations with my parents. We would every vacation we went with his with parents them. or her parents. He just, he really wanted to give. He was a giant, very tender-hearted. Yeah, just a giver. The outside facade was the shell of, yeah, yeah you're not penetrating this, you yeah. know? So very scary, but, but inside he was a giant teddy bear. <coughs> yeah. Like, very loving. Wow. He learned to be very creative with the skills that he learned in the Army, and he made all these different things. <laughs> out of munitions, spent munitions. Wow. And um, they became, yeah. like he made uh, these, they call them grog mud. So grog is just, uh, it's basically. It's alcohol. It's alcohol. <laughs> it's a big party that they have. Yeah. And, and the grog mug, they would, and so he took a rocket off of an Apache and he cut the top off and then then took the, they had, um, 20 millimeter shell casings and so they'd go out in the field in the firing range and pick up the spent casings and the heads mm-hmm. the bullets and then and then he they had chain that that you know you'd load there was a chain part and you'd load the bullets in and then this chain would hold the bullets until they were spent and so mm-hmm. he took that anyway he, the whole thing was apache armaments and he made these mugs and and, and they were them to people. unbelievable and Jenny goes man you could make a fortune off of that and he goes no I don't I don't sell anything I just give them away wow and she goes but you're wasting you know you can make a lot Talent. of money and he goes yeah. I'm not wasting anything he and this is one of my philosophies is that it it's like when you give, when you provide service, mm-hmm. what you get in return is so much worth more than anything that you could receive and pay. Mm-hmm. And he says, and he told her, he says, no, I, I give these to people that I want to give them, give to because what I get in return cannot be paid for. And, and that's why he refused to. And if someone asked for one and he liked them, he'd make them. Mm-hmm. And so the pilots loved him he made videos with um the gopro gopros yeah and he'd get the pilots to wear the gopros he'd mount them on the rocket pods oh my on, God. The, on the helicopter wow. in korea 
and wow. they would make these make these videos and and um and he'd, he'd mount them inside pointing back at the pilots while they were flying and their interaction and just different things like that really cool videos and uh one of his videos um it it got like 43,000 views and it was it was close to 30,000 and then the army called him Oh. He got in trouble. And said, don't do No, he didn't get in trouble. No, they, I thought he did. No, anyway. no. The Army called him and said, this is the best video we've ever seen. Can we really We want to so use things. this as a recruitment you bet. video. <laughs> and so they were all on board. It was super cool. Wow. And then uh, he he had the... He played music. And it was always synchronized to the music. Yeah. And, and it was... Um, Twisted Sister, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the That's record awesome. company wouldn't give them oh, the permission to That's use to yeah. use that. Wow! And so that went away, and the other one was with Led Zeppelin. But but you could see, like, in his editing, like there would be a beat, and the helicopters coming along, and then the helicopter go, you know, as part of the beat. Right, of course. What a talent! He just had so much. Yeah. And he was, so after Korea, how long, was he home for a few years? So he came home and... Was he still in the military when he passed? When he January died? 17 yeah. is when he came home. So he came it? home in 17. Yeah. And it broke his back within a month. Oh. So he was still active duty when he broke his back. Mm-hmm. And so the military, his military insurance paid for all of that hospitalization but um wow he that was in march that he broke his back and then he had started his job up at hill air force base like he got hired while he was in route from korea to here very cool so they were doing interviewing while he was like one airport he could get phone service yeah and then he finished the last of his interview while we were driving home from the airport just wrapped it up and he's like all right i'll be there on blah 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 started his new job and like high demand he was very you know i'm here to work and the guys up at hill were like hey you need to slow down like, <laughs> you're making us look all bad of, yeah and he's like you know you make yourself look bad yeah like, 100%. Percent. you need yeah. to step, step it up, up. so yeah. they were they had efficiency ratings and and it was based off of they they said okay so if you do this job you should be able to get it done in this many hours and then you would get and they were trying to hit an 80% efficiency rating and most of them were like 50 60 cuz they didn't care their government workers yeah. right yeah Brain's that's efficiency sad. rating was 200% plus yeah he was like yeah, oh my gosh, you guys are fools. And he got advanced ahead of these people that had been there for 15, 20 years. He was getting advanced ahead of them. Because it shows. I mean, everything mm-hmm. he did, he they did. They wanted him to be a trainer. 100% in. All wow. this stuff, but wow. it was, uh, yeah, he just he just really excelled at it. It's like, if he wanted to do it, he did. He excelled at it. If he didn't want to do it, he just flat out wouldn't do, do it. it at all. He couldn't do it right. And talk well. to the wall, you yeah. get bigger response from the wall. 
So, like, military-wise, he, they wanted him to become a sergeant forever. And he just was like, no. Why would I want to do that? It turned it into paperwork. And he's like, why do I want to do... And he hands-on. He, yeah. he would rather stay at this pay grade, this level, mm-hmm. versus advancing forward, put it on a resume to, you know, yeah. further his own career and pay. And he was like, yeah, no. Not doing it. Wow. So absolutely heels in. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. He always talked about having, um, like a cat has nine lives and he had spent seven, seven. or eight of them. Seven he got oh. hit, hit by a car several Twice. times on his motorcycle. What? Yeah. And the last time that he finally was like, okay, I got, I've got to sell this thing. He had a big Harley His motorcycle accident should have paralyzed him. His where he broke his back, it should have paralyzed him or killed him. Yeah. And wow. no idea why it didn't. And then there was other things that he's never, we don't know. Mm. Yeah. But there's other things that have happened to him that, um, that were near death, mm. type near death experiences. And I, I think part of it is like, um, through my work at different things that I've done, um, I've, you know, when I was younger, it's like, wonder what it's like right before you die. Like, what, what oh. goes through your mind? And I've had several of those where I've actually had time to think about, like, this big concrete wall coming at me and going, well, I know what it's like to die because I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. And it missed me. It just fell short. And um, I was down when, um, at Gateway, when the three parking structures collapsed during the demolition and and this there was a shear wall that was 18 inches thick and I was standing next to it and as I was looking up the wall as as each deck was flexing out past my head and I was like okay well no sense in doing anything because this thing's just gonna I'll be I'll be a spot I was in the tornado at the conference center and I was I was um underneath the uh, I was underneath the tower crane that didn't collapse but hey, I heard the tower crane here. <laughs> I, I was next to the tower crane that did or, or I would heard it collapse I was underneath the one that didn't and so I thought it was coming down on me and and I was trying to turn the track hose so that because everything just swirls and, I, and as I was turning um, I think I was turning back this way and had I stayed where I was at there was a piece of sheet metal that came through the cab okay. and if I had stayed where I was at it would have cut my head off and yet it went next to me and bounced around in the back and it's just like if I had not turned just that two feet I would have, that would have killed me too and Scott, so, you've got a mission here something's going on well, he was there. To torment her. I was, that's true. <laughs> I was doing a session at the temple. You were. And didn't know there was a tornado. Didn't know he was in the About middle of About to it. die. Didn't know any of that. Holy and then cow. came out, and on the news, it was a tornado. just went through downtown, and I knew he was working down there. Oh my and goodness. it was like, what the heck? 
And then Mom's I didn't know. Got shut down because everybody was on their phones. Yeah. So. Anyway, I didn't find out the extent of it until that night. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. Yeah, there's something going on for you. You've got a lot more to do here you somewhere. You just haven't figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, keep it going. Um, so after, I was just, I mean, we haven't got to how he died. And I don't know if you want to go there. But he died... In September, right? 2020. Yeah, 2020. Gosh. So during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, he... Um, and he was living... He's not in your home. I mean, he's an adult. He's grown. He was buying... He was buying my childhood home. Oh, he was? From, from, from grandma. My, yeah, and your mom's going to move in here. Or so she moved in after my yeah. dad, so I took care of my dad here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until he passed away. And then she moved here permanently and so he wanted their house so he was living there and he sold fixing his it house. up and he had yeah. sold his house and so he was there and um we had had a party here for his co-worker on the 19th of September and the last day we saw him was here at that party but before then um so he was a pilot he'd gotten all of his things and now he was to the point of just getting his flight time so he was taking tests on student being a student instructor to get his flight hours and he um with covid they shut everything everything down and that was where his peace was he had pts from the time in korea um one of his paintings that he painted in there is um and we didn't know about this he had written about this event on reddit and we didn't know about it till after he had passed away and and his army his last comments to her when he left was so I'm gonna go home, and then he, as he's walking out, he looks at her and he goes, "At PTSD, it's worse than you you could even imagine." And then left. So he said that actually during the party, oh. just like a little, "Hey, by yeah, the way, PTSD is worse than than we thought." Oh. And it was kind of like you know he we were all drinking, so it was yeah. kind of a what? Yeah. You know, and then it wasn't talked about like it is now yeah you know and an embarrassment as a as a pilot and coming out of the military he couldn't put anything on his record of trauma ptsd nothing because then he would never be able to be a pilot he chose not to get his back operated on because if he had a surgery on his back then that would go on his record and say that he um well, you've had a back surgery, and so we don't know if you can qualify to be a Well, it was, it was, like, would you, so I asked the surgeon, if this was your son, because he was kind of, we'll see if he needs it, yeah. kind of a thing, and then, so I asked him, if this was your son, would you be so quick to operate on him, because once you operate, that's the last of the good days, you know? Yeah. And so he, the surgeon said, you know, that. I need to think about this. Mm. So 
so the next morning he came back with his team and said, if I thought about it, and you're right, I, I would not operate on my son. That's so big of him. He was the yeah. one that was like, yeah, I wouldn't. He's young enough, he's healthy, he's strong, he should be able to heal with where the break is. But Brandon didn't want anything to do with the surgery. It was more, I felt like it was Jenny and I that were just like, just get the surgery done. I did not want him to have the surgery because I knew. Yeah. I'm a nurse. Well, my, anyway. my thing was, so. Just kind of get better and it's smooth. Just get it. No, just get the surgery. Just get it over yeah. and done with. And he was, he was against it from, from the very beginning. And his thoughts were, well, I can always get the surgery, but I can't undo the surgery. That's true. That's true. And then, and then I know that deep inside that, that he was so worried about about the license and and what could affect him that way that he 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 did a lot of things to not bring any attention to anything that might be might be a distraction to him getting a, a license or or whatnot. Yeah. So getting out of the military, you can disclose any trauma, any yeah. PTS, nothing, because he knew that with the 9-11 regulations with pilots, they couldn't be on medication, they couldn't be like getting mental strict. health. Yeah. They couldn't have anything mental health, so he didn't disclose it to anyone, not even us. So we have no oh. idea. And inside, he was fighting, 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 mm-hmm. and all alone. And so that, that's it's not right. really hard. Yeah, that's not right that we didn't know as his parents what was going on inside and then his best friend told our daughter about what he wrote on reddit about the helicopters crashing in korea right next to him and running for his life and coming back once shrapnel stopped spraying running back because he knew the pilots in the helicopters wondering if they were still alive or not or decapitated because it took it it took the cab or the like it was bad yeah so reading about that it was like well this is right here this is probably what caused his pts yeah everything that he described and none of us knew and so it was like if he only reached out I would have sold everything to pay (laughs) for the therapy whatever whatever he needed I would have sold everything to help him and he knew that too but he would never so you know the military trains them well of you fight your own battles you know be strong yeah don't go and complain to people you figure it out and fix it yeah and so that's where his mindset was is you don't talk about it it's not there and you know with covid and everything flying was grounded yeah yeah oh yeah his peace was in the air that's the where thing he that we've, felt free. we've discovered with ptsd is that adrenaline is the best Help. It's mm. the best medicine. And his adrenaline well. was, well, it was motorcycles, and it was flying, and then the motorcycles. I think 
more than anything, the motorcycles were something that if I continue doing this, I could get hurt where I can't do my true love, which is flying. Because he loved, he loved riding the bikes, yeah. but yeah. but he was very practical. And so, but then everything just shut down. And so he stayed in his house alone. And it just, but whatever was, was in his head. What we didn't know is he was practically drinking spiraling. himself to death every Every, every night, night to because heal he his couldn't, last night. He yeah. couldn't, he had to drink to pass out so, because he couldn't sleep. And so, and alcohol is a huge depressant, and, and this everything together. Um, and you just, and you, just you know, that's, that's one thing that's just basically killed us, is thinking about, you know, I'm you have suffering. a son that has, that has, in one way, has everything going for him. He's been successful at everything. Um, he was a good-looking kid. He was very talented, you know, whatever he wanted to, and yet what must he have been going through that that was the option that he felt like was best he wasn't doing it for attention he wasn't he didn't threaten to do it there was nothing it was just like that was his best option to end the pain so how incredible was the pain that he was going through and we were we were here and we didn't know and you know there was a there was you know Jenny has her own her own things but for me it was like I I remember back when I was younger and and it's like I didn't want anything to do with my dad and um and for Brayden I was real I felt like we were really close we were buddies and and yet I didn't want to be that that dad that was always where he resented me because I was always there and, and, and give him his independence and his freedom. And so I just kind of backed off and 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 it's like I should have done the opposite and been more involved. But, um, you know, Grandma Grandma talks about those, I quit making dinners and and he, would, he loved coming down and, and having dinner and um, and then dinner was like at five o'clock, but I'd be in bed and asleep before he ever went home. He never went home after dinner. He they'd play games and they <laughs> they'd sit and talk and laugh and and just carry on. And and um, if there was something to be fixed, he'd fix it. It didn't matter what it was. And uh, and then you know because we weren't having the dinners. Because of COVID, mostly, or no, she, she just, just didn't stop want to do it anymore. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And so she, she, she's been pretty hard on herself yeah. about you know oh. this, this that was something I should have done, but I was selfish and didn't want to because it was I was only thinking about well, it's summer and it's hot and I don't want to I don't want to cook. It's in you know and 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 it's like there's grandma now and it's like it's an imposition. Come on in, Grandma. <laughs> Come on in here. Anyway, he um, we'll drop it off. <laughs> anyway, he um, so we did the one party that was the last time we saw him, and then you know we're going through all of our grieving stuff, and he um, so that like we were known for our parties around his birthday, yeah. and then. 
that after that party, his birthday was coming around, and it's like, yeah, we're not doing a party. We're done. I, I'm not doing parties ever again. And then the following year, it, his birthday's coming around, and he's like, yeah, I think we're going to do one. We're going to do a party. And I was like, no, we're not. That's, that's terrible. We can't do that to Braid. And, you know, so it was eating at me. Yeah. You know, and so I was trying to get our garden planted and stuff. And that, so only me inside knew of the turmoil going in the battle. Okay. So my niece came over. She would come and help me do farm stuff. And she was like, yeah, I, I need to learn how to do a garden. So she came that day. And nobody else was here. It was just the two of us. And, you know, we have our sound system outside. And you have to be on your phone, cue it up, and then whatever your music and whatever zone you wanted it at. So I was just talking to her, and we're getting ready to go out onto the deck from the garage. And we both have plants in our hands. And I'm getting ready to open the door that goes to the deck. And I'm like, can you hear that? She's like, yeah, what is that? And I open the door and ACDC. <laughs> um, ACDC Thunderstruck, which is perfect, was just blaring on the sound system. And I just, I got it, Braid. Yeah. Like, You're get here. on with it, Mom. It, go have a party. Yeah. You guys live you need yeah. to live yeah yeah wow and there's several little things we shared even before we started recording that you shared with me about those kinds of things there is a piece of artwork that I took a picture of <laughs> it is the life size of him in his room in your I don't know what do you call it Braden's room right Braden's room yeah memorial room his memorial room um, my cousin's husband is an artist, and he wanted to do a painting for us in memory, and um, asked what what was good and what what was okay to do and what wasn't okay. And I just told him, free artistic, whatever you want to do, yeah. whatever you're feeling. And he had asked what music Braid listens to, and you know, classic rock. And so while he would be painting, he would listen to Braden's music and just kind of get into that vibe to feel him. And, you know, the painting's amazing. Uh, incredible. <laughs> I'm blown away. It's, it's just wow. And I knew that on the back of the, on Braid's headstone, I wanted to do a lyric music was such a big part of his who he was and I was just fighting what what lyric to put on the back so he wouldn't be mad at me <laughs> you know forever and I mean it was going on for months and months of looking through lots of different music of his favorite bands and blah 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 and I just couldn't figure out what what lyric to put on the back. And one morning, I just woke up with 
this song in my head from Rush, which was his favorite band at that time, like huge contributor of his guitar abilities. Um, and it's Free Will, the song, that song. And it was in my head, and so I, oh, okay, thanks, Braid, got it. <laughs> so I'm telling my cousin's husband, because they brought it up to present on the 4th of the July, 4th of July mm-hmm. and told him the whole story and that this is the song I'm going to, I have to pick a piece of the lyric to put on the back, and he just said, no way. And then brought us in and told me that in Brayden's leg, it's hidden in the camouflage that the word free will is painted, hidden in his camouflage. And he said, I just, you know, painting and just feeling him come through me. And it was like, all right, got it. It was it was him telling me free will and put it on the, in his leg and on the painting yeah and now it's on the back of his headstone yeah yeah so there's a verse in that where everything you can choose to decide or you can choose not to decide you're still making a choice right either way mm-hmm. you yeah. can choose one or the other and it's Totally everything we choose to do is our own free will. It is. It is. And yeah, that's wow. him. That is Braden to a T. And you got it. You got it, Braden. <laughs> you got yep. it from him. Um I'm I thank you. Thank you for just sharing with me who he is, who he continues to be for you. Um I know your friend made bears and had them given to you and I remember she would say, I don't know if she would ever talk to you, you know, because <laughs> it was so much. But um, I I just enjoy getting to know Brayden more. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you or someone you know is grieving and would find comfort in having something to hold on to that is tangible and a part of their loved one's journey, please visit our website, carriebears.com. My book, something to hold on to, is also available on my website. These stories of different people in their grief have helped so many find hope. The book also includes a chapter on the making and delivering of the 9-11, September 11th, Carry Bears to the FDNY, NYPD, and Port Authority families in New York City. This is Carrie Pike, creator of Carry Bears. Wishing you love and laughter, hope and healing.